Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous uh, Vision for You Big Book uh, Study. My name is Penny C., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is December 3rd, Friday, 2021. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Overeaters Anonymous. We are on page 103, the last two paragraphs of the chapter starting with Someday We Hope That Alcoholics Anonymous Through We Have To. The reference numbers for yesterday, for uh, Thursday, December 2nd, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, 18,174-18174. And for yesterday's 10 a.m. Meeting, 18175. That's 18,175. Overeaters, the the readers for today are going to be Adele R. for the 12 Steps, Nosa J. for the 12 Traditions, and the readers of the text are Marge O., Barbara E., and Larry K. The newcomer greeter will be Jason K., and the host for the second hour is Katie G. The OA Preamble. Over It is Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I'm I'm now going to call on Adele R. to read the 12 steps for us. Good morning, Adele. Good morning. Thank you. Adele R. in Kansas City the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous 1. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 
11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Adele. Uh, And now I'm going to ask Nosa J to read the 12 traditions for us. Good morning, it's Nosa J, Compulsive Overeater, and these are the 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants, they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise Less money, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for your service. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Nosa J. And now, here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we read. We are sharing what the directions of in the big book mean to us. So to share, you would press star 1 to unmute. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. And today we resume our reading of the big book on page 103. We are concluding that paragraph today, and um, it will start with, Someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous. 
And just a reminder also before I um, call on the reader that we also, the guidelines is that if you shared in the last two days, either um, Wednesday or Thursday, please hold back when, when I call for names. And now I'm going to ask, um, hold on just a minute, going to ask Marge O. from Massachusetts to start the reading for us. Good morning, Marge. Marge O. One more time, and then we'll we'll see if I back up. Larry, do you have that ready? Can I be heard? Good morning, Majo. Yelling in the dark. Hi, you can be heard. Okay. Hello. Thank you, Penny. Someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous will help. Your line line is crackling. Is that better or no? Go ahead. Let me hear you. Thank you. Someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous will help the public to a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic problem. But we shall be of little use if our attitude is one of bitterness or hostility. Drinkers will not stand for it. After all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles were only but a symbol. Besides, we have stopped fighting anybody or anything. We have to. Marjo from Massachusetts, and you know, it's with a bit of sadness every time we finish a chapter, and especially when you see anything written in italics, you know how important it is to not just the writers of this, but to we who follow it. And I think that for myself, I love that line. After all, our problems were of our own making. Who knew? I certainly didn't for a long time. It was everybody else's. And didn't they understand? And they'd only do it this way. But visions have changed all of that. And this chapter is especially important, in my opinion, because even though we have to clean up our side of the street, for me, it's working with others that has made all the difference in the world and all the difference in my attitude, my acceptance, and um, my program. It's just a whole different program that I'm so much have a so much stronger connection to my higher power studying with visions. I always believed in it. I carried my higher power with him, with me. But since visions, it's just been an amazing shift for me. So a day at a time, I keep up. I do what I have to do each day. I have a regular routine and. I can talk to many. I only talk to four in a week. It's all important. It's all important to be available, and it's all important to ask my higher power every morning, how can I be of service today? And with that, I shall pass. Thank you. Sorry about all the phone trouble. Thank you, Marge. That was Marge. Oh, and now before I take a list of names, a reminder again, 
that if you shared within the last three days, uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please hold back. Even though we do we do appreciate your your willingness, and um, three minutes each, and I will time everybody. Who would like to share on these wonderful paragraphs? Rachel K. Rachel. Kim A. Jen A. Kim. Kim A. Kim A. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. Sam S. from Rhode Island. Sam S. Johan N. Johan. Okay. Anem. Who was that? Anem. Could you spell your name for me, please? Yeah, it's An A A for apple, An A N N E, and then M for Mag- M for monkey. Okay, thank you so much. All right, so I have my list: Maj, Rachel, Kim, Sam, Joanne, and E N M. So just give me the initial of your last name, if you would, and your state, if you would like, when you share. So let's start with Rachel. Rachel? Sorry, I was having a fight with the mute guy and my asterisk one. Um, hi, this is Rachel, compulsive overeater from Northern California, Rachel K. Um, yeah, the the thing about um, fighting, you know, we have ceased fighting anything or anyone. Um, we have stopped fighting. We have to. Uh, I decided I have to share on this despite the fact that We're ending the chapter with a preposition, which I want to fight, because I am a right fighter. Um, That is probably, next to food, my biggest compulsion is self-righteous anger. I can get, I can binge on it, and it is deadly for me, Um, that, that fighting, that struggling, because I am right. I have to surrender. Um, I remember, you know, reading in the big book earlier um, about, um, uh, you know, that that self-righteous, or maybe it's in the AA 12 and 12, that, you know, self-righteous anger is is better left to those individuals uh, more equipped to handle it. Um, And thinking, well, but but not for me, because it's not self-righteous if I'm right, right? Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, there are certain people who can eat a slice of pumpkin pie and they're fine. I can't afford to. I'm not like other people. There's other people who can take a drink. Uh, I'm not like other people. I, I can't afford to. There are other people who can get into arguments about politics, about social issues, about whatever. I can't afford to because other people will do that and then the next hour they'll go about their business and their lives and it won't eat at them. With me, it will eat at me and eat at me. Earlier this week, um, I tuned in to uh, a town hall um, for my workplace and I knew it was going to I knew it was going to piss me off. I knew it and yet I tu- tuned in anyway because it had to do with sort of a political social issue. And you know, I, I 
by God's grace, I did tune out after half of it was over because I thought, Rachel, this is poison for you. You you can't afford to do this. Other people can do this and debate and jump on. I can't afford to. And the same thing with, you know, other issues. Why? Because not only does it hurt me, it hurts the potential person that I could be helping. I am of no good. I am of no service to my higher power and to my fellow sufferer or my fellow anybody if I am so wrapped up in being right that I can't pay attention to anything other than whether or not I am convincing you of my rightness. Um, and, and if I'm not of service, I'm not doing God's will. And that's the bottom line. That's, that's why I'm here. That is my whole reason for getting up in the morning um, and being on this earth is to serve God and, and to do that by serving others. And if I'm wrapped up in making you, you know, convincing you of how right I am and of my point of view, thank you. Thank you. I'll pass. Everybody have a good weekend. Rachel Safe from California. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rachel. And now Kim A., Good morning, Kim. Hey, good morning. I was in the same fight as Rachel with my mute button. Sorry. <laughs> this is Kim A. Um, from New York City. And my illness, you know, I love the word poison. My illness is about my thinking and my attitudes being poisoned for myself. My poisons are not edible. My poisons are all about the way my mind works when left to my own devices. Um, Because I fight everything, whether it's food, other people, it doesn't matter what it is. My mind is wired so that I thrive on that idea of fighting. And so those promises, we ceased fighting anything or anybody, There is no way that I can have those promises fulfilled unless I am constantly turning stuff over to my higher power. And I don't know how to do that. You know, when I came in and I found a sponsor to take me through the steps as they're written in the big book, you know, steps one and two, there really wasn't anything to do. It was just, you know, do I believe I'm powerless? Yeah. Do I believe that? My mind is unmanageable because my mind can't manage that decision to not take that first bite. Yeah. Do I believe that there's some power greater than me only if only because I didn't like create the solar system and I'm not in charge of the weather? Yeah, fine. That's that's all well and good. But then I come to this decision step. Can I make the decision to turn my will and my life over to my higher power? Well, yes, I can. But how the hell do I do that? And the rest of the steps are what teach me how to do that. So by the time we get to the promises, it's assumed that we've worked those action steps four through nine. Um, I don't remember if those are part of the ninth step promises or the tenth step promises, but either way, it's after following the actions that are in this book and these actions teach me how not only on a daily basis but you know all throughout my day how to turn things over because you know I have to remember well I can't remember this is you know why I need God in my life that my thinking 
is a hot mess. And even though I'm recovered, it doesn't mean that, you know, my thinking is no longer a hot mess. It means that I understand my truth, which is that my thinking is like cockamamie at all times. And if if I want to if I want to do God's will and I want to stop getting my way because it's not helpful, because it causes me to continue living in selfishness and fear, these are the things that are poison to me. Not sugar, not flour, not not weighing and measuring. None of that stuff is poison to me. That stuff only comes about because of my poison thinking. I mean, the big book is really clear that the problem is not alcohol. So for me, it is really clear that the problem is not food. The problem is my lack of power. The pow- The problem is that I have no defense against, against my mind, which is, you know, a hot mess. So anyway, I don't know if any of that made sense, but I will wrap up with that. My name is Kim A., and I'm in New York City, and we have an available sponsor. Thanks. And thank you so much, Kim A. Now, Sam S. in Rhode Island. Hey, good morning, Penny. Thank you for leading. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm Sam S. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Bristol, Rhode Island. Um, you know, stop fighting anything or anybody. That is, that is not what I want to hear because I think that I'm right and I judge everybody. Um, but you know, when I was talking about the paragraph before, like not being intolerant towards people or towards, you know, people's eating or not eating or whatever, I can forget very quickly that I am not keeping or maintaining my sobriety as a gift from God. And so I can get on the spiritual hilltop with, you know, really, or the moral hilltop with nothing to stand on because I I can easily forget that every single day. You know, even if I get down on my knees in the morning and get down on my knees at night and, you know, ask for and then thank for the gift of sobriety and abstinence, I forget that. So I can't show anybody that bitterness or hostility because I, I'm i not even doing that on my own. So where am I getting that from, that self-righteousness? And, you know, problems are of my own making, which means if I'm the problem, then I can't be the solution. And that's really, really hard for a girl like me because I like, I really like self-reliance. So I have to stop, and the I think the promise here is that I I can have something if I stop, and then I can ask God to help me stop, help me stop when I'm when I'm you know engaging in all my self-seeking behaviors and my defects, and 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 just ask God for help. Um, I'm just really really grateful that there's that there's a solution. You know, it's really hard to hear that my mind is a problem and that it's not food or that it's not my husband or it's not my job or it's not something else but the the good side of that is that if they're not the problem then i can go to god for the solution which is to change me because if they're the problem then i'm i'm kind of in a lot of trouble so just really grateful to be here really grateful for this chapter and grateful for what god is showing me because i've got a lot of work i've got a lot he's got a lot of work <laughs> so with that i pass thanks Penny. take care thank you cms and next we have johan and good morning, or good afternoon to you. Hi, good morning. This is uh, my name. My name is Johan N, uh, and like Nancy, and I'm a 
recovered uh, compulsive overeater in Sweden. Can you hear me okay? I'm in the forest. Yeah, yeah. So. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for service today. Thank you for all the beautiful shares and for this meeting, everybody here. And yeah, it's just amazing to be here. And uh, an amazing paragraph as well. I came into OA <clears throat> thinking that uh, food was my problem. And uh, that's, that's quite funny because I came in from other fellowships where I've been sitting in at meetings for years saying that drugs and alcohol is not my problem. It's the solution to the problem, which is me. <laughs> but anyway, coming into OA, I thought that, you know, I have a problem with food. Food is the problem. And also I kept hearing like credits don't transfer, but I didn't think that applied to me. So I started working the OA program my way. Uh, with attending a one weekly meeting, I was dragging the steps, I was making my own food plan. It was just an insane program because I hadn't really surrendered. But thankfully, thanks to the food and for every precious bite that I had, I came to my bottom and I could see clearly, I surrendered totally and I took a sponsor, I worked through the steps really quickly and I had a spiritual awakening. And <clears throat> today I, I live as a free man, which is incredible. I never thought that this could be possible. Uh, and during step work, during before, um, it was hard, it was white knuckles. Uh, and I thought like, yeah, this is how it's gonna be. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be one day at a time holding myself abstinent, holding myself abstinent. But I just went on and thank God for working the steps quickly. So I had a spiritual awakening quickly and my whole world just shifted. So going from holding myself abstinent one day at a time, uh, white knuckling it, to living abstinent one day at a time. Um, and that's what the program does. That's what this program does. The food was not my problem. The food was the solution to the problem. And the problem is me not being able to live life on life's terms, not being <clears throat> able to handle my feelings, or to be in a feeling. <laughs> uh, but today I can do that, and I have this wonderful program. I have step 10, 11, and 12 to rely on every day to, uh, to take care of, of everything that comes up in my life. So really, really grateful. Thank you so much. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Johan. And next we have Ian M. Ian M. Hi, uh, hi, Penny. Sorry, this is Ann M. Here, recovered compulsive overeater in Ireland. Can I be heard? Okay. Yes. Yeah, thank you so much, Penny, and thank you so much for taking the meeting. And uh, yeah, great meeting. And uh, again, it's it's finishing step twelve. And uh, yeah, love this part. You know, I love the part at the start. You know, where it says, "Someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous will help the public to a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic problem." And again, for me, this just reads, you know, self acceptance for me to really understand my problem and to really concede to my innermost self that I have it and not to, you know, rely on people that aren't in fellowship or the general public to 
accept this and to know and understand it. It's for me to really grasp and, and, and understand it for myself and to accept it, you know, deep deep inside myself, to concede to my innermost self. And, you know, I love where it goes on to sh- to say, you know, that um, but we shall we but uh, we shall be of little use if our attitude is one of bitterness or hostility. And you know, for me, that's just keeping my side of the street clean. You know, I cannot be of service. I cannot, you know, be in, living in God's will if I am, you know, in in hostility and bitterness. It just doesn't work, regardless of other people's behaviour. And, you know, I just love where it says, you know, the bottles were only a symbol, like was shared earlier. You know, it is just a symptom. But, I, I, you know, I'm still very aware that the food is only a bite away from me. You know, once I'm in that arena with the food, it's all about the food and the allergies kicked off. And I'm just straight in the, in the boxing ring with the food. But while I am living on a spiritual plane and living in recovery and, you know, working my steps and keeping, keeping my connection with my higher power, the bottles are only a symbol. You know, it is my, it is my, you know, it is my emotional build up. It is my, that kicks off my mind and tells me, you know, the food is a step up from all of this. And once I'm aware of that, keep working my program, keep connecting with my higher power, keep doing my step 10 work, you know, God will keep me unharmed. Yeah, and I just loved, you know, besides we have stopped fighting anybody or anything, we have to. And I love that we have to, and there's an exclamation mark. And I think there's only a few exclamation marks within the whole the whole text, but you know it's really you know I've heard it before to you know to sit up and take stock when there's italics or exclamation marks, and this is one. And it's that part where it's you know do I want to be right and and living and killing myself in the disease, or do I want to be free of this obsession and and live in recovery and be free of the um, and be free of the of the the, the allergy. So I leave that that. Thanks so much again, Penny, for taking the meeting. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Anne M. in Ireland. And I'm ready to take more names. Just a reminder that where we are reading from is page 103. We are finishing up the chapter, Working with Others. And so we're reading the last two paragraphs that begin with, Someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous. So who else would like to share on this reading? Judith Larry. Hold on. I have Larry Kay. Mm-hmm. Nancy C. Diane G. Hold on a minute because I'm missing a lot of names. I have Judith, Larry, and Nancy. Who else already said Jenny Jenny Jenny. Jenny. Melissa W. Did I have Penny E? Katie B. Diane N. Jennifer C. Natalie R. Melissa W. Stop there. All right. Um, And I I know I missed people, and I'm so sorry. But here's who I have. I have Judith, Larry, Nancy, Katie, Jennifer, and Natalie. So let's start with, and please give me the initial of your last name. But I have Judith. Hi, this is Judith, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Judith S.P. from Maryland. Um, when I uh, heard the reading of these two paragraphs, I thought they were very good, and then I kept listening to people's shares. And uh, we have to 
we have to, I have to, we have to, because for me this is a matter of life and death. I might, I might continue physically in this world with, with doing pretty okay, but spiritually I came into program almost dead, and uh, I didn't know what to do about it. The food, thank God, today is neutral, but my behaviors still crop up from years and years of hammering and uh, being ingrained in this uh, difficulty. Uh, Excuse me. Excuse me, Judith. Uh, we're hearing a lot of background noise. I don't know if it's on your end. Or if I need no, to it's not on mine. All right. Let me remind people just to mute if you're not speaking. Okay, go ahead, Judith. Am I muted? Thank you. Um, when I heard people shares, I had an image of um, a gentle soldier on a horse carrying the white true sign. Or the, or the flag, and coming in and meeting its enemy and holding that flag high. And that's what I try to do every day. Sometimes I forget the flag, and sometimes I forget my higher power. And it's in those situations that I'm at war. And I know when I came into these rooms and throughout most of my life, if someone told me in a derogatory, negative way about something, my ears immediately shut. And if I'm going to be of value to anybody in this program and in my life, I have to live in that place of truth and truth. I have to be gentle. And I struggle with that every day. And I ask God to let me have kindness, tolerance, patience, and love because i've been i've been helped my obsession and my allergy have been removed but underneath that all i have to work this program by helping other people and doing my part and then turning the rest over to god many times a minute at a time not only a day at a time but we have to we have to and thank you for letting me share, and I will pass. Thank you so much, Judith S.P. And next, I believe we had Larry. Hi, Penny. Thank you for your service. I'm Larry K. I'm from Chicago, recovered. Um, you know, I, I, have, I, I have seen the most beautiful, lovely, tolerant, kind people in, in Overeaters Anonymous. There are people like, I'm going to pick on Penny, there are, but there's so many on this line. They just keep loving on people. And they're such a beautiful reflection of Overeaters Anonymous. I've never sensed bitterness or hostility, and it's such a wonderful reflection of OA. It's very attractive. I have to tell you, I've seen a lot of bitterness and hostility right in the rooms at the conventions where we were having those things. I've heard people on the phone. I've, I've been around, as you have, and I've, I've heard people that are, they mean to be loving and kind, but I hear subtleties of bitterness and hostility when people can't put the food down or they can't show up in life in a better way. 
and they forget where they came from. They forget how they arrived here. And, and they are also a reflection of Overeaters Anonymous. Love and tolerance is our code. Kindness is our code. We love on people, and we are a reflection of what? We are a reflection of God when we are able to live that way. Sugar and spice one day and a rattlesnake the next day is a reflection on Overeaters Anonymous, and it does damage to Overeaters Anonymous, in my opinion. I speak for nobody but me. And so, you know, um, I think when I read this, we all like to proclaim that we're kind and tolerant and we're devoid of judgment and insensitivity. But there are people that have left Overeaters Anonymous. It's not someone's fault. It's, it's, their, it's on them in terms of their responsibility. But they have been treated with insensitivity, with subtleties of, of bitterness and hostility for what they're not able to do that they, they so wish they could do. And they leave and they die. And it's a reflection of us and Overeaters Anonymous. So today, what am I, I going to do today? We get the opportunity to treat people with respect and love that they deserve because they are a child of God. And none of us arrived to OA on this tremendous streak of good fortune. And I don't know about you, but today I'm going to keep my eyes peeled for the wounded duck that needs a hug, you know, rather than an intolerant brush off. Can I be the person that catches people doing something right rather than pounces on them when they're doing something wrong? Because when I do that, I believe that God smiles when, I, when I'm kind to another person. With that, I pass. Thanks for your service, Penny. Thanks so much, Larry. And next, I have Nancy. Good morning, everyone. Nancy C., gratefully recovered in Ann Arbor, Michigan today. Um, great shares. It's really got my brain going in a million directions. Um, so my my brain goes in funny places, and I'm thinking of the – some animal at the bottom of the sea that kind of opens is open until it gets scared and then it closes and it can't take in any more water. In that last line, you know, we have ceased fighting anybody or anything. We have to. If I cut that off, if I get scared and I close myself, I close myself to God. And I think for me, that sentence really embodies the whole program because I have become recovered I have had a spiritual awakening, so I'm open to do God's will, right? And I have to stay. I I can't fight anybody or anything because that's why I was here. That's why I ate. That's why my brain was messed up. That now I have it open, and it's like that thing at the bottom of the ocean that takes everything in and I'm available. As soon as something gets into my crawl that makes me get self-centered or self-seeking, that my brain closes up and it's, I put a, somebody in the program says, you know, I put a sign on my head that says, keep out. I am unavailable. If I'm unavailable for, for a call, for getting on a meeting, for listening to somebody, I can't do God's will. You know, the saying close and connected, safe and protected, that's me today. And that's the program. I have to stay connected to this program and keep learning and growing spiritually to be of maximum service to my fellow, whether it be somebody in the program or out of the program. And if I'm closed off and so into myself, I'm the one missing out. You know, I am neutral today with food 
and I stay protected as long as I keep in fit spiritual condition. And that's listening to each one of you every day on this line. It's to practice these principles in all my affairs. And when I get disturbed, quickly turn to God, ask for help, and then share it with somebody else and move on so that I can be of maximum service to others. And with that, I pass. Everyone have a great weekend. Thank you so much, Nancy C. And next we have Katie. Good morning. Hi, good morning. This is Katie B. from New York. Um, thank you for calling me. Uh, when I read, we have ceased fighting anyone or anything, I was just moved to share based on something that happened to me just this morning before the meeting started. I was, you know, doing my prayer and meditation and my son did not follow my script and stay asleep. So, um, and he came down... For today than it was. Okay. Um, and uh, he came downstairs and he started to talk to me. <laughs> and um, at first I felt annoyed and I thought, like, can't you see I'm trying to pray and meditate and be one with God? And what are you doing interrupting me, kid? Right? And then um, he was looking out the window and it's really windy where we are today. And he said to me something like, you know, Mommy, why, why do the trees bend like that in the wind? Like, why don't people bend and, like, get blown around in the wind? And I sort of, like, smiled, and I sort of explained, like, you know, a tree is rooted in the ground, um, and so it sways with the wind or it's going to snap, right? Um, and, I, and then I kind of started thinking about other things, and I realized, like, first, what a gift that he said that to me this morning. What a gift that I have a child who's healthy, who talks to me, you know, so many things to be grateful for. And then I started realizing, and I, you know, that as humans, we're not rooted to the ground and our natural survival instinct or mine, you know, in a big wind as I tense up and I try to maintain my position and I fight. <laughs> I fight against being blown over. And I've heard before in this program, you know, like, am I bending with the world or am I demanding the world bend with me? And as I was thinking more and more about that this morning, you know, I realized, like, if I'm rooted in, in my higher power, am I, am I willing to, to then stop fighting the world? And am I willing to bend with the world um, with faith that God uh, will always have me and support me? Um, and despite my natural inclination to fight and to maintain my position to be right, you know, to fight out of fear or to fight out of pride or self-righteousness. Um, have my demands that the world bend to me ever actually panned out? You know, <laughs> have I ever, you know, ended that, those demands? Even if I get my way, have I felt peace? Have I felt serenity? Um, and I just was so grateful for that moment with my son and realizing, like, all I can pray for is that my roots grasp this new soil with my faith in a higher power, and with that faith, I can feel safe and protected and no longer, like, compelled to fight the whole world or demand the world do what I want. Um, and, I, and I love that. And I love that today we, we, we read those lines right after, you know, the world didn't go my way, right after my step 11 was interrupted. And, and isn't that funny? It was interrupted in the exact way that my...
Thank you. In the exact way my higher power meant for it to be. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Katie B. Thank you for that lovely story. And Jennifer, it's your turn. Hi, good morning. This is Jennifer C. Can I be heard? Yes, you very well. Good morning, everybody. How blessed are we that we get to be doing this on a Friday morning? Um, so this word gravity, um, you know, someday we hope that Alcoholics Anonymous will help the public to a better realization of the gravity of the alcoholic problem. That word gravity really caught my attention and actually has two meanings. Um, you know, first, extreme or alarming importance, right? The second definition uh, was the one that really caught my heart, and it's a force that attracts a body toward the center or toward any other physical body having mass, right? So when the door opened in Bill's story, God used Ebby to cause Bill's heart to want God. He saw a man who seemed to be raised from the dead, like in his own words, raised from the dead because of this miracle that he saw right in front of him. It says scales and prejudice fell from his eyes. A new world came to view and Bill said that he needed and wanted God. First, because his own way utterly failed him, right? We have pages and pages of that. But it was the gravity, right? It was the gravity of God in another man that made Bill see something that he wanted more than another drink, okay? The gravity of this alcoholic problem, the alarming nature of it, the reality that there's like no middle ground, but more importantly, the ebby that was right in front of him, that was the gravity that pulled him towards his solution, which was God. So what does it mean today to stop fighting? It means I stop playing God, right? It means I don't try to change people. It means I don't even try to change myself. It means I surrender to God. Bill surrendered to God. So my level of dependence on God today, right? Like that's the extent to which I live a free life. And then I have a shot of attracting others through this through this gravitational pull that God does through me as I live as an Ebby, right? So how dependent am I? How much do I allow God to speak through me and draw people to himself? Or do I still rely on myself, my own efforts, you know, coming up with the right words? How intelligent can I sound, right? How diligent am I in asking for this self-righteousness, the fear, the insecurity, the control, the judgment, the manipulation, the self-reliance, the pride, right? The pride to be removed. And I have to remember that pride is the number one enemy of not just my recovery, but to my relationship with God. So I have to ask constantly for that pride to be removed, right? Because I can never, ever forget that I am a bite away from my own annihilation, right? I am a bite away from my own annihilation. And that is truth. So if I keep myself there in that humble place, I won't, I won't bring judgment, right? I won't bring judgment because humility conquers pride. So thank you so much for letting me share, and I pray that we focus so much more on the solution 
and let God pull others in. This is a this is a uh, program of attraction rather than promotion. And with that, I pass. God bless you all. Thank you so much, Jennifer C. And next we have Natalie. Good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, very well. Thank you. Um, my name is Natalie R. from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This is my first time sharing on Vision. Um, the part that is resonating with me a lot this morning is, but we shall be of little use if our attitude is one of bitterness or hostility. Drinkers will not stand for it. Um, I would say the only part I disagree with is that as a compulsive overeater and someone who was previously 300 pounds, I stood for a lot of bitterness and hostility in the world and thought that I deserved it. Um, but in terms of what has been the most helpful to me in this process of recovery is the places where I have felt unimaginable warmth, grace, acceptance, kindness, guidance, support, and it's come from, I feel blessed to say, a myriad of different places. I'm really grateful to say that my current and my previous sponsor who um, made the decision to leave the uh, food recovery program um, was a big source of that and a big source of teaching me that that exists in the world and that's actually the, the reality. I think a big part of me being in compulsive overeating, being in my food addiction, is this fundamental belief I have that I am alone and that this world is bitter and hostile. And that attitude is actually what gets me into my most challenging moments now. Um, I'm all alone. I need to fix everything. I need to do everything. No one's with me. Everyone's against me, including my partner, my boss, my colleagues at work, my friends, like I'm, I always need to fight and compete. So thinking that I'm alone and it's all me is something that has been healed through those warm places in recovery. Um, and I'll end with them. I'm reminded, you know, I'm in the coat off, not because the wind blows as hard as it can to get the coat off, man takes his coat off because of the warmth of the sun. Um, and that's kind of like something that I was just thinking of with this uh, passage this morning. So uh, this is Natalie R. from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Um, thanks very much. Thank you, Natalie R. And now we have time for perhaps two, maybe three people to two. Two is more, more than I think we can have. Two more people, perhaps somebody who gave your name before and I didn't hear it. Linda R. Linda D. I heard Diane and Linda. I'm sorry if I, whoever I missed. All right, go ahead, Diane. Hi, my name is Diane. Thanks for this opportunity. I'm calling from Georgia. I'm a recovered, not cured, compulsive overeater. And your last name is Diane? Diane N. All right, thank you. Go ahead. I'm so grateful for everything that I've heard today. I've been in the rooms for over 41 years, been in OA for over 41 years. And the first time I came in, that first night, I um, they told me that the I got a sponsor, and she said that we don't eat sugar and white flour. And I have not had to have sugar or white flour since that time. But my abstinence 
but I've had lots of other things. And my abstinence is from this pandemic for about almost two years now, and I'm grateful for that. I'm so grateful for this reading because it says love. It reminds me that love and tolerance is my co- is our code. Every day I have to remember to get up and say, God, um, show me how to be a maximum service to you. And this reading today just just so resonated with me. It says that we have ceased fighting anybody or anything. We have to. It took me all of these years, over 30 years, to hear this, and that's why I, I wanted to share. I've been in the rooms all these years, but I didn't understand how to live in steps 10, 11, and 12. I didn't understand how to work these uh, steps hurriedly. I didn't hear. I know they were saying it, but I didn't hear it. I don't know how I missed it. So my job today, what I wanted to do is just to share uh, or just to remind, to say it, I know so people could be someone in the rooms that's been in the rooms a long time and they couldn't hear it. We had a fellow in the rooms who talked about working these steps hurriedly. And like I said, I don't know how I missed it before, but now I have. I've gotten through the steps and I, I understand how important it is to work them and to live in steps 10, 11, and 12. Because you have to do it in a hurry because all these feelings are going to be coming up. So you've got to get to step 10. You've got to get through the steps so that you can live in recovery. We have to. It's not even an option not to. If you want to be well, and I want it to be well, and I've had clean, I'm a chronic relapser as well. I was a chronic relapser. And, but as I reflect, I realize that every time I relapsed, I learned something or my higher power was getting me ready to the point to where I can live in these steps. And I'm, I was a slow learner, but today I'm living in 10, 11, and 12. If there's someone in the room now who's, who's been coming, and if you couldn't hear it, maybe, you know, just hearing, just us saying it today, so many people saying that it's, recovery is possible. So I thank you guys for letting me share. And uh, with that, I pass. Diane from Georgia. Diane N. Thank you, Diane and. And, Linda, I'm finding that we just have one minute. I wonder if you can keep to that for us. Is it Linda R. or G.? I, Penny, I, I, have, Linda, I have Linda R. Thank you. Thank you, Penny. I'll make it very brief. Thank you so much for your service. Linda R. recovered in Port St. Lucie. Anyway, I'm so grateful for this conversation. And what's coming up for me is when I first came in the program, I didn't know what empathy was. I didn't have that component because of all the fear and all the anger that I had from the family of origin. And, you know, I used to go back a lot, like go back and blame and shame and just make it like so tremendous. And that was the mental obsession that I was working on all these years. You know, I, the food is down, thank God. And I'm at peace with the food for today. However, that was the real work that I had to do. And I just want to share quickly that when I did my fourth step, I've done many of them, but in, the really core one that I did, what came up was called a turnaround. And now in my steps, I'm able to clear things out immediately with God. So like I could either have empathy and compassion when things come up for the other person or the situation, or I can have a voice. And then I I ask God, God, what do you want me to be? And what do you want me to do? And that's the action of the program. So 10, 11, and 12 growth steps, lifelong work, and this is how, you know, I really work the program diligently. And I'm just so blessed and grateful because I, too, have been around many, many years. 
So thank you, Penny, for allowing me to share, and thank you, everyone, on the line today. And thank you, Linda, R., for keeping it short in your share. And so thank you to everyone who shared and everyone who attended. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Friday, December 3rd, the 7 a.m. meeting is 18,182, We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Barbara E. please read the uh, selection on page 164 that starts with our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.